the Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, there we go. It's Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And hey, Chet, the Phil started their big six game week with the Braves and Cardinals last night with a loss. That's not good. Sixers made a draft night trade, sending off their first round pick. I know you have some thoughts about that. Eagles been pretty quiet this week. Uh, the Flyers questions are starting now that John Tortorella has taken over. The draft is coming upon us. Uh, lots of Flyers hockey to talk about tonight for sure. And we've got some country music we're going to talk about tonight <laughs> as well. Who knows what you're going to find on Philly Press Box Radio. Yeah, uh, you got that right, Bill. Huge week for the Phillies, as you said. It got off to a not-so-great start last night, unfortunately. And, of course, it all comes uh, in the aftermath of that devastating injury to their MVP, unfortunately. I guess the good news is he will be back sooner than a lot of people thought, maybe mid-August if all goes well. So we will talk Phillies at the uh, outset of the program for sure. That's right. Well, we've got two great guests tonight, HockeyBuzz.com's Bill Meltzer to answer all of our Flyers questions. That's cool. We know that because Bill's always on top of it. And Asbury Park's country music band, Williams Honor, with duo Reagan Richards and Gordon Brown joining us. Uh, it's going to be another good one. Well, Bill, we rarely give our viewers and listeners a clunker, and we're not going to start tonight. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, well, Chad, hey, before we get started, most, our, most of our audience knows Bill uh, from being with us before and following him on all the things he does, Flyers Hockey. Tell us a little bit about Williams Honor and uh, give, give us a little summary about those guys. Did you, watch he, did you watch Hee Haw as a kid, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> I did too, and that has nothing to do with Williams Honor, but uh, we're talking <laughs> country music, and I just thought of that because, you know, that premiered in 69, and I was, you know, youngster at the time and then they had the pretty girls on there plus country music so that was i guess my first initiation to country music but again that has nothing to do with williams honor uh, <laughs> i became familiar with them through my old wpst colleague tom cunningham several months ago and then he had them on his show one of his live shows that he does sunday mornings out in public on occasionally and that's where i met them Williams Honor, uh, a great duo. It's Reagan Richards and Gordon Brown. And they have some terrific music. This is their second album they just released oh, about two weeks ago. It's called X. We're going to talk about that in our conversation. They're apparently the only country music duo to come out of Asbury Park. They spend a lot of time there and in Nashville these days, as you might expect. Uh, and a few years ago, they were handpicked by Bon Jovi to open for Bon Jovi at uh, that band's Madison Square Garden concert in 2018. They are very talented, and they have a great sense of humor, as you'll discover in our conversation. Well, I, I will tell you, I cheated a little bit, and I went on uh, uh, Facebook, and I looked up Reagan uh, Reagan's page, and uh, there, there's some fire in that tank. I like her. <laughs> she's, she's a hoot. I'm going to use that word, a hoot. She uh, posts a lot of funny uh, videos of her driving around in her car, singing and telling jokes and doing filters and stuff. So, yeah, she's a lot of fun, and so is Gordon. So I can't wait for you to meet them. All right. Well, looking forward to that. We'll do that in the second half of the show. But first off, we're going to talk a little Phillies. 
As we said, big six-game week with the Braves and the Cardinals. Bryce Harper's out. Zach Eflin's out. Gene Segura is out. Connor Brogdon is out. This team is going to have to step up in all areas. Yeah, and it really, you know, hurt us as fans. I guess it was Saturday when we got the news about Bryce Harper. I, I wasn't watching the beginning of the game because I was out somewhere, and then uh, I heard on the radio on the way back that uh, he had been injured. Then I saw the video, and we all saw the pictures, of course. If I can uh, see if I – oh, there it is. Yeah, Bryce down in pain, Jorge Alfaro helping him. And we just got the word yesterday that he was going to have the surgery today. He did. Hopefully it was successful. They usually say it was a successful surgery. And if all goes well, he'll be back in six weeks. And I know Bryce is going to be itching to get back as soon as possible. So now they got to carry on from there and see what happens, Bill. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I think, uh, I mean, I, I'm, it's great. Everybody wants to be optimistic at six weeks, but surgery on your hand and you're a baseball player where you have to swing a bat and feel impact on that hand. I'm not sure six weeks is even a, even a real thought. It might be six weeks before he can start trying to swing a bat, but it might be another two or three or four weeks before he can actually play. Plus, he's got the rotator cuff thing, which he was able to play through, but, uh, you know, he's still got that to deal with at some point. So, uh, I don't know. They called up Derek Hall today and immediately inserted him into the cleanup spot and uh, DH, and he's got 20 home runs down at Lehigh Valley, 67 RBI. He's not a, a real much of a youngster. He's 26, soon to be 27, and he's finally getting his chance to make his big league debut, so hopefully uh, Derek will give him some power. Yeah, well, a lot of power, but uh, not a not a great average, somewhere around 260 at AAA. That might not equate to 260 at the big league, so uh, we'll have to see how that goes, but hey, somebody got to step up. Uh, Mickey Moniak still struggling, needs more at bats or needs no at bats, one or the other. They got, they're going to have to make a make a move on Mickey here pretty soon. Uh, Odubel's going to play a lot. Uh, Castellanos has to step up. JT has to step up. Uh, and you know the other thing, Schwarber hit his twenty second home run, Chet, last night. We're still in June. I mean, yeah. he he's on a 47, 48, 50 yep. home run pace. Uh, not bad. And over 100 RBI. And he's doing all that by only hitting like 220 or 222 or whatever he's at. So he's not exactly hitting for average, but he's certainly giving them the power. And there's a lot of debate. Do you keep him in the leadoff spot? I do. You know, don't mess with that. Uh, I know you don't have a whole lot of lefty hitters after him right in the lineup uh, in two, three, four, five, but keep him there. He's doing a good job there. Yeah. Well, I never wanted him there. And I still don't because I think Oduble needs to be there if he's going to be in the lineup. But that's. Uh... We that's never disagree. that's not happened this year, and uh, because Schwarber could be driving in runs with those long balls if he had somebody on base. Yeah, but, that's true. I, you know, Mickey Moniak still does not have a major league hit against a left-handed pitcher. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. Hey, Jack Eflin is out. That's that's a big deal too. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do there uh, to fill his spot or how long he's going to been out going to be out. I guess it's just a nagging knee injury that they're hoping some rest will take care of. Uh, they need him. Yeah, they really do. And I guess one of the good things is they have a few off days over the next uh, two and yeah. a half weeks. They got some scheduled off days, plus then the all-star break. So they may only need that uh, fill-in starter two or three times. So that would be good. I guess it's Bailey Falter who will get the first crack at it. And hopefully Bailey won't falter. Sorry, I had to do that. Yeah, right. Thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully uh... – Hopefully they get healthy. They need to get Brogdon back in the bullpen. He's got COVID. Uh, he'll be back in another handful of days. 
he was pitching well. They they just can't afford to lose guys. They they gotta they gotta keep this thing rolling and uh, not lose ground. This is a big week. They they lose four out of six this week. Um, you know it really hurts them. And it happens to be against the two teams that are right ahead of them in the wild card race, Atlanta and St. Louis. So, yeah, you got to come away with a few victories there for sure. Uh, One thing I do want to say on the positive note, the bullpen. I know they gave up two runs in the Tuesday night loss, but before that, they were lights out over the past week. Um, Five or six consecutive appearances without runs, 30-plus innings without runs and even only a couple of hits. So uh, the bullpen's actually done a pretty good job, so that's one bright spot, I guess. Well, and, and the other bright spot within all that to me is Knable. He's actually pitching well. He's, you know, he's they moved him down. He's pitching more seventh inning, eighth inning some. Uh, but he's getting his pitches back. He's getting his control back. Threw a 3-2 breaking ball last night for a strikeout. That That's huge when you're trying to get your confidence back. Uh, they need him to be the closer, need someone to be that closer that they know can slam the door when they need it done. Yeah, they do. Going to be an interesting uh, next couple of days and an interesting next few weeks before the All-Star break because then we got to see if they're going to make any moves, uh, see where they are in the standings come All-Star break and the trade deadline approaching around August 2nd or so this year. Let's yeah. talk hockey, Bill. Hockey, well, come on. Well, one final comment on yeah. the Phillies, I will say, Chad. They are not going to be sellers. They invested too much money to be sellers. They're going to be buying. They're going to play this thing out, you know, because of their investments over the offseason. I can't see them doing anything to weaken their squad. They're going to they're gonna go all in to try to win, I believe. I agree. Uh, all right. Flyers, hockey. Flyers. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Let's welcome Bill Meltzer from HockeyBuzz.com back to Philly Press Box Radio. Bill, we've got questions. We know you have Flyers answers. Let's, uh, let's get rolling. <laughs> all right, Bill. It's been a while. Uh, I think the last time we talked to you was right before the season started in October. Boy, have yeah. things changed since then. The coaching changed. Claude Giroux traded. A uh, lot of people coming and going. Uh, what do you see as the biggest needs for the Flyers right now? They got their coach. We'll talk about him in a bit. But what are the other needs that they have to address first and foremost? Well, there are so many health question marks with the roster going going into next season um you know let's let's start with the the one piece of good news um sean couturier is fully recovered from his back surgery uh it's a type of back surgery the players typically bounce back from fine um and he remember you know it, it seems like a million years ago but he did start last year with 12 points in the first 10 games so he was still himself till he got hurt um, that, that's such a big piece of the Flyers lineup. So they should have him back. Um, you know, the not so good news is that it's still status quo with, uh, with Ryan Ellis. Um, today we, we talked with, uh, Chuck Fletcher and he didn't really have an update. He said that, uh, you know, he's coming along about as expected, but this isn't good or bad. Um, you know, he, it's, he's still a ways from even stepping on the ice it's not known if he's going to be ready to start the season. That's a huge that that as much as anything else killed the Flyer season last year. Um, yeah. That's half of your top defense pairing. You don't know when or if he's going to be available next year. That that's that's a big 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 question mark. And you know the Flyers cannot afford another season where you know you don't know if he's ever going to play. He played only four games last year, had a good first week, and then you only saw him one more time the rest of the year. To me, that that scares me a lot uh, about that scenario playing out playing out again over the next year. Um, 
you know, they, they found out that um, Joel Farabee, um, and they got a little, we got a little bit of clarity on that, clarity about that when it happened. Um, he suffered a neck injury about two weeks ago. He was lifting weights and felt uh, like a popping, pinching sensation in his uh-huh. neck. And uh, turns out he needed to have the same kind of artificial disc neck, neck surgery that uh, 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 that. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? It's been a long day. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, on um, on uh, he's oh my gosh, <laughs> he was in Buffalo. He's he's on Vegas now. Why am I drawing a blank? He's only a superstar in the league. Uh, <laughs> Can't remember, man. Yeah, but anyway, um, how long yeah. is he going to be out? Do we know how long Farabee's going to be out? Faraby will be out uh, three or four months, so he could miss the first month of the season. So, uh, but but at any rate, so he has to have neck surgery, and, and he'll be, you know, he, he can miss the first month, be, be available sometime in November. Okay. But um, I said, sorry, it's been been a, been a long, long day here. Um, but at, at any rate, so uh, they're they're going to be without Faraby for some time here, um, and. Uh, you know, they, I mean, we have we have the draft coming up in a week, so they so there, there's a lot of question marks and not a lot of cap space to deal with. Um, so the Flyers, you know, the question is, did they make a bold move to try to upgrade the roster because they still need to they still need to upgrade scoring, they still need to cut the goals against average. Um, Travis Sanheim is a year away from being an unrestricted free agent, uh, potentially. That's something they have to deal with this summer. And they have a number of young players. They want to know what they actually have in some of these guys going into next year. You know, whether that's an Owen Tippett or whether it's a Cam York or whether it's Morgan Frost. I mean, there's a lot of question marks. So, you know, a lot of questions, not not a lot of answers right now. Well, Bill, speaking of questions and, and not sure about the answers, what's the assessment at this point on Carter Hart? Uh, they ha- they haven't surrounded him with a whole lot. Uh is is the arrow still pointing up on Carter Hart or not so much? No, I mean, uh, you know, if you look at Carter Hart's season last year, he had a nine fifteen save percentage at the uh, at the All Star break. Uh, you know, given how bad the defense was in front of him, it probably cost him a one percent off a of save percentage. When you're anytime you're over nine twenty, you're an upper echelon goalie in the NHL. Now, what happened with Hart was after the All Star break, he really wasn't at his best and he was playing through some injuries and he missed some time and his final numbers ended up being decent, but not great. I think goaltending is the least of the Flyers' problems. I'm more concerned with Hart staying healthy through an entire season and what the depth behind him will look like. But I'm, you know, but I, I don't think, I think Hart was actually relatively speaking a bright spot uh, this past year. So I don't, you know, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't see goaltending as a problem for the team. I really don't. All right, we got to talk about the coach, John Tortorella. The Flyers got their man. Uh, some said they maybe he was the second choice. I don't know. We know he's won a Stanley Cup. We know he's not afraid to voice his opinion on things. But Cam Atkinson likes him. Is he a good fit for this Flyers team? Uh, I think he is. You know, I, I think that I think as a coach who will come in and. You know, give a lot, give very clear expectations of what he expects from players. Uh, everybody has to back check. He expects guys to block shots. He expects guys to compete. And if you don't, you won't play for. Him. Simple, simple as that. He, we, you know, so I think that that in those areas, there's no gray areas with him. 
So you you know what the expectations will be. Um, does John Tortorella alone make this a playoff team? No, no, he doesn't. But he makes it a more competitive, harder to play against team. And you know, if you get some guys to step up, you know, the, the number one thing if the Flyers can take a big slash of the goals against average as a team, improve the penalty kill, you know, be be on the plus side at five on five, even if you don't score a ton, then you're going to be a better team and you'll be in the playoff hunt. Um, but as I said, there's a lot of question marks in the team. I, it's hard to predict them being a playoff team, particularly with, uh, you know, now this news about Farabee. And by the way, Jack Eichel, of course, is the player I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I whiffed Thanks, on that. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but um, at any rate, I, I think when you look at the, you look at this team, you know, I'm, you know, you had the worst power play team in the NHL, the second worst power play season in franchise history. I mean, the Flyers don't don't have a you know a, an assistant coach in charge of the power play yet, and I don't know what the personnel is going to end up looking like. I, I just I just find it hard to think that this team is going to take such a big jump in a year. You know, when when the Flyers had the worst season in franchise history, oh six oh seven, and they were the worst team in the NHL that year. They were able to overhaul the roster. Um, and the next year, they were a conference finalist. Two years after that, they're in a Stanley Cup final. I don't think I don't think this team can duplicate that. But I do think that Tortorella can bring in a lot of structure. He can bring in a, you know, bring in a, an element of, you know, as as uh, as Atkinson called it, you know, an FU element of the game. I think that they can be a more physical team, a harder play against team. That's worth something in the standings. And then, then you have to build from there. I think maybe another year out with more cap space, with the cap ceiling going up, and hopefully a couple of good drafts under their belt, then maybe then maybe they can take a jump, particularly if you see some of the younger players, like I said, the Yorks, the Tippets, the Frosts, take a jump this year. Then I could see them maybe being back in the playoffs another year out. You know, but but as for as for right now, I think it'll be certainly entertaining. I think certainly it'll be, uh, you know, like the clear clear cut in terms of what kind of identity he wants the Flyers to have. Talent-wise, they have catching up to do. I don't think there's a question about that. Well, Bill, one of the players that's a real mystery to me has been Ivan Provorov. Uh, to me, it seems like he's he's a great player when he's in a great pairing. He's an average player when he's in an average pairing, and he, he's not that guy that creates the pairing. He's He's the other guy. Um, what, what, what do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that if you look back at last season, okay. And I said like, like he and Ellis had a great first week together and then Ellis is gone. But after that, they had to have Justin Braun step up to the first pair. And for two and a half, three weeks beyond that, you know, Provorov was not on the ice for a single five on five goal against, and he was carrying that pairing. Um, he wasn't producing a lot of points, but he was playing really well. And then, then he was really up and down over the rest of the season. Um, you know, and I, I, I think some of it was asking Braun to play a bigger role than he's capable of. Some of it was just maybe Provorov taking too much on himself. But I, I think when you look at Provorov's progression in the NHL, you know, first, his rookie year was good. His second year was very good. And uh, I mean, look who look who he was playing with then. He was he was playing with Andrew McDonald for the most part, and then you know then a little bit with Shane Goss spared. No, neither of whom are, are were first pairing guys. And 
Provorov did look like a first pairing guy. And then he had a down year. And then the Flyers brought in Niskanen and, you know, which was a high quality partner. And they had a very good year. And the last two years, he's kind of been all over the map. You know, he's still young enough to where I think he could get to that first, to that consistent first pair level, particularly with the right partner. Is he ever going to get to the Norris Trophy kind of level where a, where a you know, an Olin type is or, or a, uh, you know, or an Adam Fox type or, you know, or Cal McCarp? Maybe not. Maybe not. But I think he can be a quality, quality guy who gets you a lot of minutes, gets you some points, and maybe is a, a step below the top end guys, but maybe in that next category down. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, but I think you need more, a little more consistency than he's shown in the last two seasons, regardless of who his partner is. And I think that I think that is a fair criticism. Bill, we just had a pretty good uh, Stanley Cup finals between the Avalanche yeah. and Lightning. How far away from those kind of teams are the Flyers right now? Well, um, you know, as I was saying, you have to have a couple good drafts here. You know, the you know drafting and development is a, is a is a strange animal. You know, the the Flyers. And I'm going to use the, the hockey news as future watch issue because it's impartial and because it's based on consensus from surveys of scouts around the league. Okay. So in 2018, they had the Flyers farm system ranked number two across the league. 2019, they were ranked number one. 2020, they were still in the top 10. And even in 2021, they were just about in the top half. This year, because of guys who didn't develop, because of guys who were kind of fallen by the wayside or haven't developed as they've hoped since they've been drafted, they dropped near the bottom. Wow. And, you know, so the that the crew of players that they were hoping would by now have stepped up and be the guys leading the team, you know, the, uh, the Konechny's, the Frosts, you know, into, into you. They're not there yet. I mean, Farabee is to an extent. Provorov is to an extent. And Konechny is to an extent. But when you look at the guys who were in that main group, you know who were the who were the core of the the core of the roster. Has anybody caught up to where Giroux was in his prime? No, not even close. Right? Has anybody caught up to even where Voracek was at the height of his prime, where he was number three in the Art Ross race? No, they haven't. And so it concerns me. I mean, if you look at where the Flyers are talent-wise compared to other teams, there's a lot of catching up to do. Even if some of these guys, the Frost and the Tippets, take that step this year. You know, are they going to be all-star caliber players or just productive players? I think it's fair to expect them to be more productive. That 50, 50 to 60 point range, depending on how much power play time they get in those kind of things. Are they going to be 90-point guys, 100-point guys, point-a-game guys? Probably not, no. So there, there, there is definite catching up to do. Um, I don't think this year's draft is going to produce a superstar player uh, or a guy who's going to step right in and play. So I think part of it is also the Flyers have to create cap space. They have to be a little bit creative this year, um, you know, and, and, and then sometimes that means you're not taking very much back in return or you're, you know, so, you know, could you see a guy like James Van Riemsdyk traded, for example, has a $7 million cap hit, you know, might you have to absorb three and a half million, which is the max you can take so you can move them? Yeah, you might have to do that. And you're not going to get much in return. I don't. I, again, I, I I don't see a, I don't see a ton of immediate help, and I don't. Also, I also don't see the best move. It's not not that they necessarily might not do this, but creating 
cap space every way imaginable on going out and, and putting out, you know, a $10 million offer per season, you know, on a guy like Johnny Goudreau. Would Johnny Goudreau come in and help? Sure he would. Sure he would. As a guy who was a 100-point guy this year, would he lead the team in scoring? Almost definitely. You know, would he, have a, would he be the Flyers' all-star next season? Really good chance. Does Johnny Goudreau come in and change your franchise around? Probably not, right? So I think you have to think a little bit long-term here and see where you can make those 5%, those 10% upgrades, maybe for a, in a more cost-efficient way and work and focus on cutting your goals against. And then a year from now, when the salary cap ceiling might jump, because this year it only went up a million dollars and it's been flat, but next year it might go up three, four million dollars. You have some guys on expiring contracts, then you might be able to do that and be able to make that the big splash in free agency. Maybe make a big hockey trade, you know, where you're you're be able to move a couple of pieces where you're dealing from some strength. For example, they have some strength on right wing. You know, could you move that right? Could you move a right winger for a center a year down the line? Maybe so. But uh, in, in terms of immediate help that's out there. I think you you might be able to do that, but I think it might be a short term gain for long term pain. And I'll give you I'll give you a big example here. You know there are rumors. Um, you know there there are rumors out there that Alex Zabrinkat may be on the trade market from Chicago. Would definitely be an upgrade for the team. Now, do you put together a trade package, or you're trading this year's number one, maybe another number one, and and uh, you know a Konechny type? Well, if you could get if you could get to bring it long term, maybe so. But you have a guy who's a restricted free agent after next year, who at minimum, because of because of the salary, you know, because of the uh, the CBA rules, you have to offer a minimum of nine million dollars for a qualifying offer. And the year after that, he could be unrestricted. You could have him for two years, and he walks. And then all of a sudden, you've traded all of this, and you, you have him for a year and three quarters, and you have to trade him at the deadline. Short-term, short-term gain, long-term pain. Unless, unless somehow you improve significantly enough, where you go, hey, this is a place where I can win. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think personally, you have to think long game. And uh, you know, I'm not saying you flush next season away. Part of bringing John Tortorella in is to try to be more competitive. But in terms of jumping up that gap between where they are right now and those teams that are competing in a very tough Eastern Conference, I think you have to do it incrementally. One final question for me, Bill. Who's the new captain going to be? I, well, I think it, it's pretty safe. It'll be one of three guys. It'll either be Cam Atkinson, it'll be Sean Couturier, or it'll be Scott Lawton. And I, I actually, although he's the you know the least marquee name of the three, I like Lawton as a captain. It takes some, you know, it's a lot of pressure to be the captain. But I think that I think Lawton has a lot of those qualities about him. Um, just being a guy who, even though he's a third-line guy, he's a veteran guy who has a, you know he has a roster spot, but yet he goes out and he competes every day like some tryout player who's trying to make a roster. That that sends a message. He's the first guy when there's a new player who comes to town, who welcomes him, who includes him in team activities, who makes him feel like he's part of the team. Atkinson could do it. Couturier could do it. It's that silent kind of, you know, the, the quiet lead, leader by example type, you know, or Lawton. So it'll, it'll be one of those guys I think that decision will be held off until the end of camp. All right, everybody, follow this guy on Twitter. Just at Bill Meltzer these days now, right, Bill? That's correct. <laughs> nice and easy. All right, Bill, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, HockeyBuzz.com. Check out the Flyers. Yep, and also PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. I'm the team reporter for the official site. Yes, sir. That's right. 
All right. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, right, Bill. Thanks, Take care. You too. All right, Jet. They um, <laughs> gas prices. They're actually trickling down. That doesn't mean you're going out though, because traveling is down. Unfortunately, there's a good chance that your couch is getting more mileage than your car. Time for you to start saving at Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, Bill, Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control because you only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that perhaps you are driving less that's right well hey chet uh tell us it's fourth of july weekend what's going on at the irish rover station house well let me tell you about the specials they have right now bill uh in the days ahead anyway at the irish rover every thursday is killer burger day that's uh their awesome chefs make these killer burgers something different every week you see this week it's a cordon bleu burger and a drunken master burger that sounds like something that i would like uh they also have some dinner specials thursday through saturday this week you got your pick and peel shrimp as an appetizer you got lobster and avocado salad and jamac dinner i don't know what that is but there's fine print there that would tell you exactly what it is it is at the irish rover on bellevue avenue langhorn and don't forget Yet time is running out through June 30th, not July 30th, but through June 30th, you can vote for the Irish Rover in the Best of Bucks competition. They've won a bunch of awards over the years. Consider voting for them again this year. Best burger, best happy hour, best, uh, the list goes on and on. Stop in, find out for yourself just how good and how cool this place is. The Irish Rover Station House, it is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne, or you can just find them on the web, Irish Rover Station House. Dot com. Oh, I got hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, Chet, uh, we were going to jump into some Sixers, but let's jump over. I want to talk about uh, your trip to Canton first. Uh, we'll get to the Sixers in a little bit. The Hall of Fame induction for Coach Dick Vermeil coming up shortly. Um, Philly Sports Trips has that going. You're going. What's up? Yeah, um, I am definitely going. I made my reservations. I am going to go with the guys from Philly Sports Trips. It's Cleveland and Canton the weekend of August 5th through 7th. And what they're going to do is if you're flying, you're going to fly out of Philadelphia Friday morning. If you're driving, you can drive yourself. They got packages for pretty much everybody any which way you want to get there. I'm going to fly because I don't like long drives. So we'll fly out of Philly. We'll go to Cleveland. Uh, I may go to a Cleveland Guardians game that Friday night. I don't know. Uh, all day long Saturday, you're in Canton. They'll take you on the bus from Cleveland to Canton, the Hall of Fame uh, festivities. Dick Vermeil and uh, the late Sam Mills getting inducted, among others. Uh, if you want to do the Hall of Fame trip, you got to act by tomorrow night. That is the deadline for that. But they have all sorts of other great trips coming up, including all of the Eagles games. Uh, so check in with them. There's some of the trips that they've got coming up. They got the Scotland golf trip. That may be sold out at this point. San Diego already happened. You got Pittsburgh uh, uh, Pirates, Phillies trip. 
Uh, you got the Birds' ultimate Detroit trip for the opener in September, and then a trip to FedEx Field later in September for the Eagles and whatever they're calling the team down there now, the Commanders. Yeah, that's it. phillysportstrips.com. Check them out. And if you go to Canton, you'll see me there because I'm going to be having a great weekend out there with Dick Vermeil and company. And I saw Coach Vermeil this weekend. Got to at least say hello to him. Didn't get to talk to him much. He was busy, but did get to see him and uh, wished him well. So awesome. Uh, Going to be a fun trip. Well, hey, Chet, uh, you gave us a brief thumbnail of our second guests, Reagan Richards and Gordon Brown of Williams Honor. Uh, tell us more about them and your chance to sit down with them. I'm excited to hear about it. A great couple of humans, Gordon and Reagan, who have now been a musical duo for the past eight years. They are both from the Jersey Shore area. They call Asbury Park their home the, these days. They split their time generally between there and Nashville. They opened for Bon Jovi at the Garden in 2018. They are extremely talented. Their new album is called X. Literally Big X, and that dropped just two weeks ago. They've got three nights of shows coming up in July in Asbury Park. We'll tell you about that. Now, listen, something very important for all of the Army folks. That's WH Army, Williams Honor, uh, all the fans. You're going to listen to this bit of info because this is important. We actually taped our interview last week, and what you'll be seeing right here is an edited 12-and-a-half-minute version of that interview, but... Our full half-hour chat will be available to watch and enjoy shortly after our show ends tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time here on Wednesday evening. You can find it immediately on our Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel at 8.15 p.m. tonight. There's a whole lot more interesting stuff in there, including Reagan's uh, time working with the great Les Paul and a whole bunch more. Check that out. We could have talked for hours. We did talk for a half hour. But here is a little bit of our chat with Williams honor so happy to welcome these folks to philly press box radio even though they have nothing at all to do with the philly sports scene uh you'll enjoy meeting them i promise they are a lot of fun it is asbury park's first ever country music duo they just uh, were in nashville for a week or so with a brand new album and now here they are back in jersey it's reagan richards and gordon brown hey guys uh, oh williams how are you doing williams are you? Honor, yes and i have to say that Gordon is not your sports guy, but I love me. I'll tell you some some sort of old school Phillies baseball with Darren Dalton. He was my boy. I love me wow. some Darren Dalton back in the day. All so, right. Uh, John Crook. I love those guys. Oh, Dykstra. Boy. I was all into it. So she's already he, speaking the language. He can't. He can't speak the language at all. But no uh, way. You grew up in Cranford originally. And okay. So here's the thing. I need my, to know this. My both of my parents were from Pittsburgh, but then my dad was in the fashion business and he was transferred to New York City. So uh, we lived in Philadelphia for a little while, um, but I was only like one at the time, if, <laughs> if even that. Um, but my parents have like some very vivid, very vivid uh, sports, you know, big time Phillies fans they were. And then uh, in the 90s, I, I really, you know, I really got into the Phillies. I love the Phillies. And, you know, so I, I, I speak the language a little bit about Phillies, you know, so brother-in-law is a huge Eagles fan, huge, like loses his mind with the Eagles. Like you don't want to be around him when they're losing. He screams so loud. He shakes the whole house. So, I mean, I am not foreign to any of the Philly fever. That's for sure. You want a few hundred more fans over right there. All right. right yes. Yes. And Gordon. 
Well, I was just going to say, you know, I do have a very strong connection to the Phillies because of one of our favorite artists, Mr. Tim McGraw and his dad. An incredible story, and it's an incredibly heartwarming story of the two of them and how yeah. they found each other. Yeah, how they reconnected after all those years apart. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I saw that Music City Nashville recently gave you guys a real nice review, but it said William's honor is comprised of the striking Reagan Richards and the uber-talented Gordon Brown. Now, does that imply that Gordon's not striking or that Reagan's not uber-talented? I am not talented and you are not striking. It applies that she's striking me. I think is what it really applies. That's funny. We're always so thrilled when we get we get yeah. reviewed in, in such a positive way. But, you know, the choice of words are always interesting. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. We don't care how they call us as long as they call us. That's you right. know what I mean? That's right. As long as yeah. we get there. It doesn't matter how we get there. Well, let's get to the new album. It is yeah. called X. Let's see if I put yes. it up. Oh, look, he's got the picture. Oh, my God. You don't need me doing this. Small E and a capital yeah. X, which is excellent, by the way. It uh, is your you. first full album since the 2015 debut that included some very well-received, like No Umbrella and Send yeah. It To Me. Is the new album at all different in style than the first one? I, I heard in an interview you no. said uh, there are more influences that kind of come through on this one. Well, this yeah, one is a little, down. This on one this. is more of a concept album. Um, supposed to be listened to start to finish, one to fourteen. You know, sort of in a row because it sort of tells a story. We're songwriters, when we're on the road, there's always something that sparks a thought. Uh, you know, something that both of us could say. You know, write write it down or get in the voice memo. And we found that um, you know there were a lot of people back home when we were on tour that were breaking up and. So we found that a, a lot of the, the songs that we were writing for this record and not, it wasn't even something that is, was really, you know, you realize you were doing it, but you know, all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is sort of breakup-ish. And next thing you know, you have four songs that you've said, you know, this will be for the new record, you know, they're all breakup. And I'm like, wow, this is sort of like, this is, this is our, the breakup record. And for the longest time we were referring it to as the breakup record. But then, you know, unfortunately, people might tell that, you know, people that don't know, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to a breakup record. That's too, that's too sad. I don't need that. And, you know, what we, after the 14 songs we selected out of the, all the ones we've written, um, we said, you know what? Yes, it, there's, there's obvious breakup connotations to it. But, you know, first of all, a breakup can be the happiest thing in, you've ever done in your life, you know? But there's also, with breakups, come other things. Empowerment, appreciation for things that you maybe took for granted before, as in the, you know, maybe the case of, like, Learn to Walk, a song about somebody uh, really appreciating their, their mother or whoever it is that stood by them since day one. You know, just just songs like that. You know, leaving, leaving, just starting a new, maybe saying goodbye to the old you. You know, breaking up with the old you. You're just, you're just not happy with who you are, and you just need to, you need to make a clean break and start over. Um and so we felt like when it was all said and done, we had 14 songs that really uh, could represent anybody. You know, it doesn't have to be that person that just, you know, is tearing their beer, you know, which we do have a couple tear in your beer songs. We're not going to lie. We've got like first comes love, then comes damage. It's a sad song. But um, but there's other ones that are going to get you off your feet and say, you know what? Life is short. Let's have a great time. And, you know, you just got to live, you know. And, and we still make records the old-fashioned way. You know, we believe in the full entire album. We're not here to do, like, a yeah. good song or two. We 
like to write a little bit, get a song that we feel is the bar, and then we want to match everything to it. We want to make sure that what we're doing keeps the bar high. So, you know, again, same thing like the first album. We had a grouping of songs. We started to like them. We got some critique. We knew we were on to something. And then we doubled down on the things we started on the first record. Traditional country music, modern country music, our Jersey roots, which, I mean, we're so proud of this album because there's name checking, there's music reference checking. We will be pegged for where we come from, and we're proud of that. And our love for country music is and just unmistakable. So many, and just so many of our influences, too. I listened to it on repeat yesterday as I was preparing for our interview. I, my yeah. favorite songs, not that you asked, uh, yeah. I'll Be Damned, Can't Wait yeah. to Be Ashamed, oh. Step, which a lot of people have already heard, uh, The Nice Ballad first, and a couple of real catchy tunes, We Don't Get Along, and Ransom Note. Reagan, yeah. you throw some F-bombs in that one. Ah! Whoa, man. <laughs> well, you know, I apologize in advance to any any of the listeners, Family, uh... any of the listeners, but I curse like a sailor and I'm just, I have to always watch what I'm going to say and I mean it in good fun. But um, yeah. You got the yeah, parental yeah. advisory notice on the front. Right, there, you got right? a parental advisory. advisory yeah. but, because you of know, your potty mouth. <laughs> but you know, so you can't, and we say this too, it's like, you can question yourself so much. Should we, should we do this? Should we do that? And there comes a point in time where you have to stop asking, should we? And you just do it. But we figured, okay, you know, let's have a little fun with this. So we're from Jersey. So, you know, Sopranos was a big show. You know, let's just have a little fun. We never, we never kill the person in the end. Just giving away little spoiler alert. We, we just never, put them in we the We just trunk, have a little fun with them. Drive them down know? the parkway while they're listening you know, to Springsteen. We don't, we don't like seeing somebody just, you know, beat somebody up on a parking lot for no reason and then go in and request Skid Row by the cover band. So we're just going to have a little bit of fun with them. And so that's just sort of like, uh, it, it kind of represents Jersey and our country. Uh, somebody said it best. Our pal Aura Guadano said, that song, Ransom Note, is if Little Big Town and Bruce Springsteen had a baby and Miranda Lambert raised it. I'm like, there you go. That's there. I love it. That's we'll take it. it. I love we'll it. Take it. Hey, we'll take uh, it. Speaking of Springsteen, we got to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Tom Cunningham, uh, TC it. of um, 1071 The Boss. I've known yeah. him since the mid 80s when we worked together at WPST. And yeah. it, of course, was at his show outside Bar A back in late april when yeah. i met you guys oh my and, gosh uh, that was a great day yeah that was a fun morning and you both know this already tom is a good dude yeah oh tom is absolutely we adore tom one of our favorites for a long time really really a support and a great human being and we just we'll follow him anywhere anywhere he goes we're there okay. wait we gotta end now no, we don't. We're going to do one more thing. Fast five. It's something that I always do with first-time okay. guests. So right. okay. you qualify. Five simple questions, five brief answers. Brief. That's the key here. Brief. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, okay. I know. Number one, Reagan, Beatles or Stones? Beatles. Gordon? Stones. All right. Yeah. Number two, what band or solo artist have you seen most often in concert and about how many times? Gordon, you go first. Oh, God. 
I live in the neighborhood, Springsteen. <laughs> How many times do you think? Probably as many as you have. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen them 11, so you're probably... Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably a little further than that. Down yes. <laughs> How about you, Reagan? Duran Duran, 39. Oh, my God. <laughs> Duran Duran. Willie Nile, 24 for me, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm Love probably Willie. not far away from that either with Willie. There you go. have done so many shows with him through the years. Yeah. Number three, uh, Reagan, you recently took part in a David Bowie tribute show. Off the top of your head, what are three or four of your favorite Bowie songs? Uh, uh, TBC 1-5. Um, oh, gosh, this is so tough. But TBC 1-5, which is not something everybody rattles yeah. off the top of their head, but that's a great one. Starman, yeah. definitely. Uh, and gosh, it's a toss up. I mean, of course, Space yeah, Oddity so is amazing. But I mean, I love, I mean, like Diamond Dogs. I love oh, yeah. Diamond Dogs. That's such a fun one. So True great. True confession Diamond Dogs is one of my shower songs where I sing. Really? The shower Dogs. <laughs> As they pulled you out of the oxygen. Right, you know. oxygen tank. You just, yeah. Oh, man. That's so I know. Right. Get them up to jam with yeah, maybe, I think <laughs> No, that is not happening. Gordon, what is yeah. the first LP you remember buying or owning? Man, well, there was a bunch. I can tell you that I definitely uh, had my hands on some Kiss records as a young child. A next-door neighbor uh, was selling them for a dollar, and on my way home from school, I begged to bring him change in a white envelope full of pennies, which I got. And uh, it most likely was um, Destroyer and uh, Kiss Alive, and that set me on fire for the rest of my life. My first was Magical Mystery Tour by The Beatles, and ah. my first first concert was Kiss in 1976. How about that? Oh, oh my gosh. There you go. That was the Destroyer. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Finally, uh, favorite boardwalk food, you guys? Well, I mean, ice cream. I just, I always have to get an ice cream cone when I'm on the boardwalk. And pizza. I mean, come big on. pizza for me. Got to yeah. Me too. I mean, I love that too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll have the pizza first and then I'll have the ice cream, but Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Check this duo out. Williams Honor. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube. Sample their music. Buy it. The new album yeah. is called X. Support Jersey Shore country music. These guys do it. Reagan and Gordon. Thank you, Chad. I'll be we damned. Really that was a blast. It. We had Thank a pleasure. Thank you. It's so much pleasure fun. Pleasure being with you. Well, Chad, I got to right. tell you, that was fun. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, and, so uh, much fun. You know, so... The thing I like about things like that, interviews like that, is it's uh, it's all old school stuff. You know, when you throw all those old albums and old influences and old bands, uh, it brings back a lot of memories. Good stuff. Yeah, and they have a lot of different influences, not just country music, obviously. You know, Kiss and everything else, Bowie, too. So I want to mention uh, Williams Honor will be doing three shows at Asbury Park's Berkeley Carteret Hotel or Berkeley Oceanfront Hotel, as it's officially known, I believe, July 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Three very different shows from night to night. I'm going to be there Thursday, the 21st. Tickets are on sale to the general public now. And for all the Williams Honor fans, the Warmy, be sure to watch my full interview with GNR. That's Gordon and Reagan. Uh, that would be, it would uh, be fired up at 8.15 p.m. this evening, Wednesday evening, 15 minutes right after our regular show here ends. And it's available initially on our Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel at that time. Please subscribe while you're there. Hey, I, I got to throw this up here because this is pretty funny. Judy commented, 
I suffered through listening about the Phillies for you guys. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Judy. I think. <laughs> Thanks, Judy. Uh, must must be a Mutz fan. I, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Perhaps. You know, a lot of these Jersey Shore people do like the Mutz and the Yankees. But, hey, we'll take you here anytime. Just, uh, you know, tell your friends who might be Phillies fans to join us and follow us. That's right. But thank you, That's Judy. Right. Good stuff. Well, hey, Chet, let's jump over real quick and talk about the Sixers trade. They pick up the Anthony Melton for the number 23 pick and Danny Green. Uh, you like this pick? Does this make this team better? Is this enough to go to another another level? Uh, they got a lot of levels to that. go. Yeah, uh, it's it's a nice piece. He's a, a, a contributor. He's kind of like Danny Green in a way, except that he's younger. He's uh, a good corner shooter, so he'll get a lot of three-point attempts from the corner, just like Danny Green did. Hopefully, he'll hit a bunch of them. He only averaged 10.8 points per game last year, four and a half rebounds, 2.7 assists, but he was basically coming off the bench. He'll probably do that with the Sixers also. He's a USC product, so our buddy JR probably likes that. Uh, he's only six foot two, but he's a good defender, and I think he's going to be a big plus. The big news today, Bill, James Harden officially turning down that one-year max deal, but will allegedly re-sign with them for a two- or three-year deal for lesser money per year. Uh, the reports say probably mid-30s. He's going to have to get by on maybe $35 million a year, Bill. <laughs> I don't know if he can do it, but he's sucking it up for the team, which will give them a little more flexibility now to sign somebody else. They're probably bringing in P.J. Tucker immediately tomorrow. Yeah, uh, three years, $100 million. I, I think I could probably make <laughs> buy on that. Well, I may have to cut back on my beer, but I could do it too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, I, I the thing I think we did, we did realize as we watched the remainder of the playoffs after the Sixers were out is there is work to be done. Uh, to play at the level of those last few teams, they they are pretty good. Yeah, we'll get all the free agent news tomorrow. There has been some wheeling and dealing already, some uh, trades. And as I said, the Sixers got the Harden news out there. And uh, P.J. Tucker allegedly joining the fold tomorrow. And now with Harden taking a little less money, uh, hopefully they can do something else too. Maybe they will trade Matisse Thibel, maybe even Tobias Harris. We'll see. Uh, I don't know that I'm loving the fact that Harden will be back for two years minimum now, but hey, he's going to have a full offseason to allegedly get that hamstring healthy, so maybe he'll be a different player. Yeah, I saw some rumors about Thibel. Uh, I was really yeah. surprised that he would be on the trading block. He, he's a well, pretty decent young player, not a great player, good player. But he's going to be a good. Player. A year ago, he was an untouchable. Now right. people want him out because he did not have a good year. There was the whole COVID thing where he couldn't play in Toronto, and his play seemed to falter maybe because of that. I don't know. So he's kind of on the block. People are talking about getting him out of town and getting somebody else in here. We'll see. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout-out to all our shows over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Wall-to-wall coverage, as usual, you're loaded up. Catch all the action, www.eopsports.com, as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube, Philly Press Box Radio, also on YouTube, as you mentioned, Chet, hit the like, follow, subscribe, share with your friends, and sign up for the weekly newsletter that will be in your email box uh, on Friday mornings. Check them all out. Got some new things coming uh, that we're getting ready to share next week. So uh, 
be ready for that. But there you have the rundown. Check them all out. Yeah, a lot of things going on. And by the way, uh, getting back to our uh, friends at Williams Army, Gina, who does, I think, some publicity for them, corrected me. I should not be calling them the Warmy. It's the W.H. Army. I just made that up myself, the Warmy. I combined it. But I'm sorry, Gina. The W.H. Army. I just like the sound of Warmy. So forgive me, Gina. There you go. We're <laughs> we're corrected. All right. Hey, great guest tonight in Bill Melser and Williams Honor. Uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I do have a couple of feelers out there. Uh, one guy who I was trying to get for next week couldn't do it, but we booked this particular person for the following week. So next week is still up in the air. Again, I have a couple of feelers out there. Hopefully I'll finalize that in the next day or two. We'll see, but it will likely be a baseball guest next week joining us, Bill. That's all I know at this point. All right. Well, let's take another quick break. Thank our friends over at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. They have small line Razzes with give greater odds of winning. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Mr. Chesco, parting shot for you tonight. I do not have an official parting shot, but I do have a bunch of random items that we could throw in and you could, uh, you could join in the discussion. First things first, Seth Joyner leaving pre and post game live. So not only are we losing Ray Dinger, we're also losing Seth. And I'm disappointed in that because I loved Seth. I loved his commentary, his take on the game. And uh, now we're not going to have neither him nor Ray. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see who they replace him with. You know, that seat has rotated a, a little bit with Brian Westbrook. Uh, Vaughn Hebron was in yep. there for a while. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do. And I guess the Gov was in there for a while as well. So no, he was he was uh, an added bonus. And the, I think the original guy was Johnny Sample when they first started doing this back yeah. in 1997. Now, Seth was good, and I'm sure Seth's going to land on his feet doing something else. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that's a little disappointing. Um, I hate mentioning the New York Yankees, but do you, do you realize what they're doing this year? They are 55-20, and 20, a 733 yeah. winning percentage. They are on pace for 118 wins at this point. I hate seeing that. Yeah, me too. They're unconscious. Uh, <sighs> you know, they, the game, if it's if it's when within three runs in the seventh inning, they got a real good chance of winning. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty scary what they're doing as much as – I don't want Ambrose Reagan to know I said uh, that. Yeah, I know. Don't don't tell him. Uh, not only do they have you know the hitters like Aaron Judge, they got a great pitching staff, and I hope something bad happens. Not nothing you know disastrous, but I just no injuries. That, I don't want to see no, injuries. Exactly. Just can be I just hope they fall right. into a major slump. That's all. Uh, we've had a couple of combined no hitters in recent years, including one against the Yankees last week. I don't like the combined no-hitter. A guy is at 105 pitches or whatever through seven innings, unless it's like right before the playoffs and you're trying to protect him for the postseason, let the guy try to get the no-hitter on his own. Don't take him out and bring in Hector Neris as somebody else to finish it off. Let the guy get into the record books on his own with the no-hitter. That's a pet peeve, Bill. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. 
Next thing you know, they'll be putting a runner on second, Chet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still that. Um, all right. One other thing that I wrote down, Philadelphia Stars upset the New Jersey Generals to advance to the USFL championship game. It happens to be this Sunday evening, 7.30 p.m. on Let Fox. me guess. It's in Birmingham. It is not in Birmingham, but it is against Birmingham. They are actually playing it in Canton, Ohio, at the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. Get out. The whole season yeah. was in Birmingham. Exactly. And now the Birmingham Stallions are playing the Stars in Canton, Ohio. And our buddy, the Philly sports guy, I believe, is going. So uh, I am not. But good luck to the Stars. They lost to Birmingham in week five, by the way, 30-17. to 17. But, you know, I wonder if... Ken Dunnick and Chuck Fusinic and the guys who played Fusina. Uh, I wonder if they still watch the stars at all, even though it's a completely different team and it's, you know, 35 years later. I bet they do. You think? I bet they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they do. We'll have to yeah. ask Ken yeah. about that. Hey, one of the things I wanted to mention, Chet, uh, in, in interesting passing, uh, Marlon Briscoe. You remember yeah. Marlon Briscoe? The yeah. Undefe- played on the undefeated Dolphins. Uh, which is probably where we more remember him, but was the uh, the first black starting quarterback in NFL history, Marlon Briscoe, uh, before he was a star with the Miami Dolphins or one of the stars of that Dolphin team. He was also a quarterback. So uh, rest in peace, Marlon Briscoe. Indeed. I think All we right. covered hey. pretty much everything, Bill. Fun stuff this weekend. I got to tell you, at Chantilly uh, at the memorabilia show, uh, Spent five hours with Mike Allstott, Chet, and you can imagine what a whole pile of guys <laughs> do in five hours. And uh, we did a lot of it. And uh, what what a super guy! And uh, that that was one of the really fun things. Got to spend a lot of time with Mike, and he is uh, being you know being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and uh, fun guy. And as I said, got to see uh, Coach Ramil, saw Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, didn't say much to him other than hello. Uh, but a lot of great players at that uh, Chantilly show. Speaking of that, uh, memorabilia show for memorabilia collectors the last week of July uh, will be in Atlantic City for what they call the National. Uh, Anybody and everybody will be there. Uh, All sports, there's probably going to be 100 to 150 autograph signers. There'll be hundreds and hundreds of vendors. It's, uh, It's the National for a reason. People come from everywhere to it. I will be there. Chip will be there. Uh, It's a lot of fun. I'm sure it is. And speaking of fun, I hope everybody has a great 4th of July holiday weekend. If all goes well, I'm going to be seeing Willie Nile Sunday evening. So uh, that's something. And maybe I'll have a beer or two along the way. You never know. There you go. Be safe, most importantly. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Bill Melser, Williams Honor, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LakeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Rads Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, July 6th already, Chad, at 7 yeah. p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and have a great 4th of July. And now, folks, that's it. Good night to all of you. And good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are.